The Gospel according to John 17, 1 to 11. Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I, gave, I have given to them. And they have received them and know the truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I'm asking on their behalf. I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Today we come to the close of Easter season. We've had a very gripping, fascinating, and adventurous journey with risen Christ. And next Sunday, we're going to celebrate the birth of church and the advent of Pentecost. Today, we're going to give a close to the farewell discourses Jesus has been teaching to his disciples. From John 13 to 17, we have the farewell discourses. And John 17 maybe has a diff different pattern because it's, Jesus is not talking to his disciples here. Rather, he's having an intimate conversation with his father. So it varies and slightly has a different pattern of where we are pushed to the background to see what Jesus is talking to his father. There is a girl who once asked her mother, if God wanted to get all of us to heaven at last, why can't he take us right away to heaven? Anyways, he's going to take us to heaven at the end, at the last. So why can't he just take right away all of us to heaven? It's a fair question, but we find answers in this pericope why we need to be in this world. The first thing is we need to remain in this world because of ourselves. We need to remain in this world because of ourselves to sanctify and to know the knowledge and truth of God. John 17, 1 to 11 verses is a high priestly prayer. 
which is divided into three sections where Jesus is talking to his father about the glory, about the knowing, and then it moves to the disciples and then it ends for praying for the protection of the disciples. One to five verses begins like this. The hour has come, a very usual pattern. Whenever Jesus prays, we see that the hour has come. The hour has come here to glorify the Son of God. So he's asking his father, the hour, the hour has come, so glorify your son. The word glorify, the glory in itself, if you see, it means doxo, it means kudos. In a human understanding, glory has to do with fame, reputation, weight, brightness, shine. It has a different perception where it goes with how you perceive glory and how it has been acknowledged. We have seen like among the leaders how they've been praised and how it is reflected in the media or other uh, social platforms. But here, the glory Jesus is talking is something that is transactional, that is expansive, that is participatory. The glory that is participatory. Jesus is saying, you have given me the work to finish on earth and I finished it. Because right after this chapter, Jesus enters into passion narrative enters into the act of passion. So I have finished the work you have given me and now you, it is time for you to glorify your son. The glory here Jesus is asking and also in the Old Testament whenever the glory is mentioned it is not how we see as reputation of fame or praise but rather it is the presence of God. And we see Jesus asking his father, may your presence be with me, not just now, the, pre the glory of yours be with me, even before when the world has existed, when the world began. So he is asking his father to be with him to, and the father's presence to be with him here. And he's saying it is not, He's telling the glory part to his father and he's also saying, whatever work you have given to me to make your name or to reveal your name to the disciples, I've finished that work. I've made known that you are the father and you are the one who sent me and they believe in that. I've made known clear to the disciples. The eternity Jesus is talking here and I've said this before, for John, eternal life is not futuristic, as unlike uh, synoptic gospels, where it is futuristic, the hope lies after. But for John, it is right now in the reality of Jesus. Believing in Jesus is ex accepting and accepting that he is sent by God the Father. So Jesus had already done that part of revealing the Father to the disciples and also when they believe in Jesus, they already have entered into that eternal life. 
and knowing. They know me. They know that you have sent me. So they are believing and now they've entered into this eternal life. When Jesus is talking about knowing, it's not how we think we know things or see how we see things. When you see yourself, you should see yourself how Jesus sees you, how God sees you. When you know yourself, it's not with your humane knowledge of knowing something, but knowing God, how God knows you. It is a well-rounded concept, I would say, because it is Jesus is just making it complete the work his father had given. He had revealed the father to the disciples. The responsibility what God has given is completed that. And the eternal life, what people deem to be after, he had made it realized in his presence. And now they know the truth of God here. Last Sunday, I was tying how love and truth are together. And now here we see knowing God is where the truth and the knowledge of God begins. So Jesus has completely finished that work and is saying, glorify me, which means just be with me. Let your presence be with me because he's going into this passion where he needs the presence, the strength, the abiding of his father with him. So chapter 17, one to five verses, it's an intimate conversation he makes with the father about himself and the work he has completed on the earth. And now we see Jesus tells that his disciples, when they discovered that Jesus is the one sent by the Father, they have obeyed. They have believed in the word. In, in verses 6, 7, 8, if you see, they have obeyed. They have believed, believed in the word and they just believe that through Jesus Christ, there is life to the way and the truth. They just believed in the word because in Genesis, in, in John again, we see that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. They believed in that. And the last verses, 9, 10, 11 verses, Jesus, as I said, it is a prayer praying for the people. At the same time, he is telling to Father, take care of my people, take care of these disciples as with your power, protect them, is saying. The prayer here is not asking God's compassion or pity uh, to secure the disciples here, but Jesus is saying, as we are one, as Father and me are one, let your protection make the disciples to be one. Let your power, let your name protect the disciples. So this is the high priestly prayer where Jesus is trying, interceding. He's interceding, interceding for on behalf of the community, on behalf of humanity. In other words, Jesus is making an offering for the concerns of the community that they're going to face in the absence in, at the advent of his departure. And now he says, Protect them, guide them, teach them, and be with them. The same presence what Jesus had with God, he wanted the God to be with them. Many a times, I, I just love 
um, the winter season because when I see the blanket of snow on the plants, I always wonder what the plants would be doing underneath the snow. But there's something there where the snow insulates the plants there. It gives them the protection. It protects them from the hostile winds or the harsh winds. The snow doesn't knock them out that doesn't flatten the plants. They're so safe, secure, under the blanket of that snow, enjoying the warmth or the water, all that nourishment that the plants need to flourish of the growth. Similarly, when I, when I think of the protection, here Jesus is asking for his uh, disciples. He knows the world is bad. There is hostility. There is hatred. But in spite of all that, when you have the presence of the living God with you and in you, I think that doesn't matter because you're already insulated with that kind of strength, with that kind of God's power, as you know that he is truth. The first, when I began, I said, we need to be in the world for our sakes, for our sake, because, for our sake, because through that we will be sanctified to know the truth of God. And Jesus had revealed the truth to his disciples. And secondly, we need to be in the world for the world's sake. Because when the world sees us, they should know that we are sent by God into this world. Which is why we say that Jesus is reiterating his point to God, saying that they have obeyed, they believe in the word. And lastly, we have to be in the world for Father's sake, for God's sake, because he is the one who is going to protect us. He is the one who is going to take care of us. He is the one who is going to spiritually nourish us. So when we have that abundance of uh, care from our creator God. We need not be afraid because his presence is always going to be with us. When God is with us, who can be against us? May Father bless these words, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.